0: we like movies. I'm your host Angel. And I'm your ghoulish host, Javier. Evil laugh. Oh Jesus. <laughs> and uh, What we... if I
1: did an entire episode with this voice?
0: God, fuck no. You're already annoying enough with your normal voice. <laughs> um, and we are taking a break from Star Wars movies to talk about horror movies up until Halloween of this year. So... Uh, And also the film that we're covering this week was uh, recommended to us by a listener. So we appreciate more, especially for people who are into the horror genre. Please submit uh, requests for movies that you'd like for us to review. Um, But this week we're doing the 1995 uh, Wes Craven Horror Movie Scream. Woo! And um, I haven't seen this movie in a very, very long time and i guess i'll start by asking you what your experience was with it
1: i watched this movie and i was like 7 years old <laughs> i just watched this movie super young you know at an age where you shouldn't watch horror movies and i think that's kind of like why i love horror movies now even though i was a little puss lala now it's like i don't know like it, it, it's it, it's it's a different type of slasher movie and I think that's what really, stru- like, stuck with me when I was a kid. Because, yeah, of course, like, I remember being a kid and my parents would watch, like, the Friday the 13th movies or, fr- you know, like, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And you had those villains that were so, like, terrifying and iconic, right? But, you know, like, Ghostface was such a different type of villain compared to what, I, what I'd, like, been used to seeing at that point. Um, did it did it make sense at all? Of course not. i was I was like, you know, a kid. I didn't I didn't know what was going on on TV. Just a bunch of people were dying. <laughs> and whens the, is that the last time you watched it? I want to say I might have seen it, like, on TV a couple of times. Okay. Never, like, I wouldn't, I, that's the thing, I would never, like, go out of my way to watch it. Also, the original Scream wasn't really commonly on TV. Like, I think I saw Scream 3 the most out of all the series, like, the entire Scream franchise. I think Scream 3 was the one I saw the most because it was on TBS all the time.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, for me, I watched this movie when it came out on video. Uh, I rented it when there was such a thing as a blockbuster video. In the 90- We're getting good 90s on this. Yeah, this is a full uh, first, 90s episode. First time I watched it was a blockbuster video. Um, I had the opportunity to watch it in a movie theater. My older cousins were ready, willing, and able to take me um, to see it. But I was way too scared. I was, like, what, seven years old, six years old. I was not... I was not the target audience for this, and I don't think I was fully prepared to do it, and my older cousins essentially, like, insulted me for the next several years about it.
1: Yeah, they were like, little pussy, and it's like, (laughs) completely ignoring the fact that you
0: were, like, six. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I definitely was interested in seeing it, and I always wanted people to kind of tell me what some of the plot points were, but I was totally ready to just watch it when it came out on video, and I did. And, um, I think my experience watching this as a kid obviously is going to be different to watching it as an adult. As an adult, I have so much more context for the references in this film, and, uh, I don't know, in in my opinion, this is an interesting movie to talk about, not just because of the movie itself, but also just the, the, it's legacy and it's place that it occupies in horror movie history. Um... I think it's important to note that horror movies to me have always been kind of the reflection of social anxiety. Like, (laughs) you know, it's always been like the kind of movie that gives us something relevant to talk about, right? Mm In the 70s, a lot of the, the early slasher movies were very much in touch with some of the women's liberation movement. And, uh, you know, the final girls from horror movies, they were the ones who came out over the killer on top, right? Here you go again, putting SJW
1: bullshit (laughs) in my horror movies. Sometimes I don't want the monster to be anxiety. I want the monster to just be a monster.
0: (laughs) Um, And then in the 60s, it was a lot more about, like, you know, devils and satanic like rituals and in stuff like that. In the sixties, are
1: you thinking the recent
0: Demi in the eighties? No. Well, there there was a satanic panic in the eighties, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about like in terms of horror movies. Like, oh, okay. Like, like Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby, Baby yeah. is the is the major one. Uh, Exorcist, you know, I, you can consider it a I mean, it's a seventies film. So, but I feel like it was, horror was trending in the supernatural direction, and then starting in the late 70s with Halloween and leading into the 1980s with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We we moved into the slasher genre and it isn't until just recently in the last decade that we're now trending up towards supernatural horror.
1: Back well back to supernatural yeah. horror.
0: I yeah. mean also
1: don't leave my, don't leave my boy
0: Leatherface out in the
1: out in the cold like that?
0: No, I wouldn't. In fact, I am going to very much recommend that we watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. Oh geez. Uh, as one of the films that we're watching leading up to Halloween.
1: Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Have you seen it before? I've never seen the original. That's
0: why I want us to watch it. I saw the one with Jessica
1: Biel, and I was like, <laughs> this isn't that good, I it's not that. I actually think
0: it's good. I really do think that the re- it's the only horror remake that I thought was really good. What? You didn't like Jackie O'Healy as a really short Freddy Krueger? I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that bad. Other Man. people hate it a lot more than I do.
1: Man, I actually need to uh, actually watch these reboots before I go talking
0: shit about it. <laughs> no, I mean, like people do hate the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010.
1: Or the Friday the 13th remake also from 2010. Yes. But you know what movie people loved? Freddy vs. Jason.
0: Yes, but that's not a reboot. Oh no, but we're <laughs> watching it. That's for damn <laughs> sure. Um, so you know, Scream. Uh, by by this point in the '90s, we had Halloween, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street that all had like a shit ton of sequels, right? Oh, and Child's Play. And Child's Play, Play was- come into the yeah. mix also. Like you know, there was lots of there was lots of these different kinds of movies, and. Um, I the one of the things that happened in the early 90s is I feel like there was a lot of disinterest in horror movies. Yeah,
1: they were they, they weren't really the way to go. Like I guess this is like the 90s was to me was definitely ruled by like action movies. Like late 80s going into the 90s and of course like crime movies too. Like crime movies being such a big uh just I don't know like really being uh popular during that time, especially I mean just look at you know the works of Quentin Tarantino, and the, all of them were crime dramas that people were really like—you couldn't
0: get enough of. Yeah, you stepped into exactly where I want to go because I think that Tarantino has a gigantic influence over everything that came out in the nineties. Oh, totally. Like I think Scream—we can say Scream directly—is a Tarant—is a quote-unquote Tarantino horror movie in that it is just littered with references to other horror movies.
1: It, I think. uh... The thing is, with, like, horror at this time, the genre in general, like, you'd already seen these supernatural, weird characters, uh, being monsters, right? And it's like, after a while, like, uh, like it, it stops being scary, you know? Like, the boogeyman stops really being terrifying once you start learning more about it. And those movies became
0: very comical to a certain extent, right? Yes. Because... To the point that Halloween, and I don't know if any of the other ones were, but I was watching a documentary where they talk about the making of Halloween H2O, mm-hmm. which that movie is, completely exists because of this movie, mm-hmm. but what the screenwriter talks about in this documentary is that the initial plan for Halloween 7, before it became H2O...
1: It's gonna be stupid, I already know It already. was gonna
0: be a direct video movie. Fuck. And it was supposed to take place like in an all-girls school, and it was gonna be like one of those like shitty Children of the Corn sequels. And then the
1: runes come back, and Paul Rudd becomes Michael Myers.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like that came out the year before Scream came out. That's so crazy. Like it is
1: two different movies. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is a perfect example of where horror movies were at that point, and where they were gonna go. Because that's the part of the problem with movies like Halloween Six. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, I think.
1: Which one was that one? Was that the... That wasn't New Nightmare. That one was... Was that Dream Warriors? New Nightmare. New
0: Nightmare came out before this. So New Nightmare. New Nightmare was Wes Craven. Craven, Huh? Another Wes Craven movie? Well, it was Wes Craven's first time kind of making a self-referential horror movie, right? Where he was playing himself and the characters from Nightmare on Elm Street were playing the actors, right? Like they were actually themselves...
1: Making a new Freddy Krueger movie. Yep. If I remember correctly, the only way to seal Freddy Krueger was to make a movie with Freddy (laughs) Krueger in it so that he can't kill more people. I feel like it's
0: it's the not fully baked idea that would become this movie. You know? I think it's more the not fully baked idea that becomes the ring, but,
1: <laughs> but like it, it's different because those movies aren't. They, that's when we start getting to that kind of tongue in cheek take on horror. Yes, where because that's the thing that's what that's the, that's like the natural progression of horror, right? Is that when the boogeyman stops being scary, you got to find something new, and kind of bringing it back to like the satanic panic, like we were talking about earlier, like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Yes, he would do the whole Hail Satan and, you know, would call women bitches and be like,
0: oh, pray Satan,
1: bitch, or whatever. And one of the things that made him so terrifying wasn't the fact, yeah, the Satanism was the scary, but it was what really made him terrifying was the fact that it was a human doing this shit. And that it was a human that was capable of doing that stuff. So, we get to this movie, we find, we get to Scream, where the killer isn't You know, a six foot tall zombie that just keeps coming after you. It's not a dream demon that's going to murder you in your sleep. And it's not like a dancing chainsaw cannibal, right? It's just the guy. But the entire time, it's just like, it's just the setup, the way Wes Craven plays with the suspense setting up, setting up uh, the eeriness in this movie. It's like, oh, crap. And, and the fact that you have to create a new way to scare people or at least creep people out is what makes this movie stand out to me to other
0: horror movies that were coming out around the time I think it's a perfect storm this is the movie of it's era it is uh, putting together essentially a lot of the teenagers from like shows like Party of Five and quote and unquote Creek. Teenagers style right yeah <laughs> the style of a 90's teen movie yeah um, putting it together with the intrigue of a mystery, um, mm-hmm. also just making references to all of these older horror movies, very much like what a Tarantino movie does, it's, uh so it just it feels very quintessentially '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as you said, like you know, one of the aspects of this is the fact that it's a human being. That's what's really interesting about it. Um, it's just there's something very unique about it, and I i don't think I appreciate this movie enough. It's one of those movies that because it's still, for some reason to me, it feels so recent, even though the movie's like over 30 years old. It's almost 30 it's years old soon. A ba- well, no, it's... <laughs> or it's like 25, 20, yeah, 25 so, yeah. 24 years old. Like, it is... It's been out for a long time, so but what, it still always feels like something that wasn't that long ago to me. I think it's because <laughs> we grew up when this movie right. took place. That's what
1: so I'm yeah. Th- like you were saying, it's so quintessential '90s, and we're such quintessential '90s kids that it feels like yeah, that took place last week. You know, Drew Barrymore with her big ass phone, <laughs> like
0: yeah. And that's the thing. This movie, uh, I guess we'll get into the movie itself. One of the awesome things that Scream does, and I think why people came back to movie theaters for horror movies after that, it was this movie was billed as the great comeback for Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. The little girl from E.T., she had kind of gotten a little older, went on to do Firestarter, started getting into drugs, and, you know, she had like a very not great, you know, kind of adolescence, right? well you know, child stars. Child, child Stars don't grow up okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm so surprised. But this movie I think was actually like it was it was part of her like renaissance because she had really made a comeback in the nineties. She was in this, she was a wedding singer um, she, like, did a series of movies in the 90s.
1: You mean Charlie's Angels, you
0: pleb? Charlie's Angels, I think, was, like, No, oh, it's, like, early thousand. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: like, going late 90s, going into the early aughts.
0: Like, yeah. Jim Barrymore was getting, like... But I think this was it. This is the movie that oh, yeah. brought her back. And the movie, one of the... Kind of like a stroke of genius, is that they build her as the star of this movie. Yep. She was on the poster. She, she was. Is, she is the woman who's covering her mouth on the poster. And, uh... They pull a Alfred Hitchcock trick on us, so now this the movie immediately makes a reference to Psycho, because it's bringing in the biggest star in the cast, mm-hmm. and having her get killed in the first scene of the movie.
1: Spoilers! <laughs> Which I actually heard, now I don't know if it's true, I heard that Drew Barrymore was originally slated to play Sidney uh, Prescott. But it was actually her idea to make her character or make her play another character who would die in the first act. Mm-hmm. because one, it was gonna catch guard, like it was gonna catch an uh, audiences uh, super off guard that you have like your leading lady dying in the first couple minutes of the, of the movie. And two, I honestly think she just. She didn't know if this was gonna like super blow up, so she didn't wanna risk it.
0: <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, horror movies in the 90s were not profitable anymore. Oh, no, no, no. So but... they were taking a big risk. A studio like Dimension. Mm. A studio like The Weinstein Company, which. Oh man, what a great. Well, their reputation is tarnished now, but what The Weinstein Company was known for in the 90s was Pulp Fiction. Yep. They, like, took a gamble on Tarantino and they made a shitload of money. And it's so weird because the 80s, like. 80, like, horror in the 80s, like, you can just fucking
1: spit in the wind and it would land in uh, in some fucking movie poster for a shitty movie, right? Like yeah. a shitty horror movie? But like you
0: said, it's just the trends just went in a whole other direction.
1: And it's like they were printing a shit zillion dollars back then and suddenly in the 90s they just weren't buying... Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, so it's just I understand.
0: So I understand her choice not to... Maybe to put if herself that, in a different role than Sidney Prescott. Well, um, if,
1: if that is true, I'm also maybe talking out my. I've heard with that, that before. One. Oh, really? So, I, oh, well, I, you heard it from me first. So. <laughs> I broke that.
0: <laughs> I have heard and read that before, so I, I, I do believe that that is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie starts with her picking up the phone, Casey Becker, and right away from the beginning, um, she, the, the killer of this movie. Uh, distinguishes himself from other serial killers by having a conversation with the victim. Mm -hmm. Um, They try to play it off as if you didn't really know who this was and stuff like that. And this movie takes me back to such a world of older technology. Oh, fucking prank calls. (laughs) Well, prank calls and then it's just... I don't know. I feel like we were more willing to kind of go with this stuff in the 90s. Yeah. As opposed to now where it's like... Everyone's cell phone has caller ID, and you'll never pick up a phone call that you don't want to hear, yeah. even if it's somebody that you know. You might it, send them to the voicemail. But back in, then, when this movie came out, this was such a shocking and like memorable scene to everybody that uh, caller ID became popular after, mm-hmm. because of this movie.
1: <laughs> it's so crazy. It's one of those things where it's like art influenced life. Like everyone was so scared shitless now. You know? Oh, God. The, the whole time I was thinking of, like, the crank calls. I remember the crank calls you used to make when you were a kid. Like, calling the local blockbuster and asking for movies that didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you have Spider-Man 4.
0: <laughs> Just, like, the lamest prank call you can ever imagine. But, but, yeah, so she's, you know, the killer decides to start giving her horror movie trivia. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Casey Becker is about to sit down to watch Halloween. Mm -hmm. One of the first of lots of references to John Carpenter's Halloween in this movie. Yep, This movie brought Halloween back to the forefront. Um, It was a movie that even though it was popular when it came out and people liked it in, in the 70s and the early 80s, all the sequels had basically pissed away all the goodwill that that first movie had. And it wasn't until Scream came that people actually started revisiting it and rethinking about it as a classic again. So, I was trying to
1: remember like some of the trivia that he's asking her, right? But it's like the questions originally start getting, you know, they're they're really, they're kind of playful in nature and then they eventually get more and more aggressive until finally uh, she's like, what do you want? And then he's like, I want to, I want to cut you like a fish, bitch, or something like that. And I was just, it, it gave me such Freddy Krueger vibes because, like, just the simple word of ending a sentence with bitch just, like, immediately makes me More think. Or Chucky. Of like, I mean, oh yeah, Chucky would do that too. <laughs> the first
0: one where <laughs> the original child's play, where the mother holds Chucky up against the fireplace and says, You talk, or I'll throw you in the fireplace. And then Chucky just goes, You fucking bitch, you stupid son. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, that, that is like that's what I think of when I when I hear him like immediately start swearing. But uh, yeah, it's like this is a cat and mouse game. One of the things I really love about this is again, Drew Barrymore has a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. She is a fantastic actress. Um, you do when you're watching this for the first time and have zero context, believe that she's going to be the star of this movie. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say something maybe controversial. <gasps> Uh oh, wait, I reacted before you said it. <laughs> I wish she was the star of this movie because <gasps> I am not a fan of Nev Campbell.
1: You shut up. You shut your you shut your goddamn warm mouth.
0: <laughs> Nev Campbell, let her have this. <laughs> she doesn't have much else. Um Yeah, so you know, the 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 trivia eventually the serial killer will reveal that he has captured Casey Becker's boyfriend. Tommy Orr? I I really am not interested in who is what. Like this is this scene again. This scene feels Steve like Steve Shut up. <laughs> this scene feels like a mini scene. In, it's it's definitely it's like a short it's film. A pro, it's it's the a prologue? short film that kicks off. Yeah. Yeah. The prologue to the movie. It's like a short like short film that all, kicks everything off. All
1: it is is meant to show you that anything can happen because if fucking Drew Barrymore can get it, anybody
0: can get it, right? Okay, so I am not a white person who lived in a gigantic house. <laughs> That had a ton of windows, oh my fucking God <laughs> like that. I am sorry, like I would never fucking live in a house that has that many like just windows with no curtains on them. Mm-hmm. like what in the fuck like it must be nice to live in a world where you don't where you're not afraid of people
1: looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so fucking it's so fucking terrifying to think about, like, just how, vul- like, it makes you feel really vulnerable, right? Well, I think
0: these houses are also in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that part where she runs
1: out, like, she runs outside to try to see where her boyfriend is, and it's, like, just fucking weird cornfield, like... Which yeah, like which, which okay. makes zero
0: sense. But because where where are they supposed to be? Where's Woodsboro supposed to be exactly? Well, Woods, well Woodsboro is like the, the town that stands in for it is actually up in Sonoma. It's like it's like up in Sonoma. Yeah, like County. it's like it's you know, Santa Rosa, like that area up there. North Bay represent. Yeah, so they it's a local. It's it was shot. Well, it's in local, local to area us. to us. And I would say they're much more likely to have like fucking. Wine, like, <laughs> like yeah. I wouldn't see cornfields. I would like just see cornfield. like grapes weird. and like yeah, the wine country. What the yeah. fuck you see cornfields up there? That's for? why
1: I'm like, where the fuck is this supposed to be? Is this supposed to be in Southern California? Because there's no corn down there too. No, or maybe maybe, it, maybe it's just me. Maybe
0: I saw cornfields.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that you know what I really like about that opening scene is this, they do a lot to like create anxiety, a lot to create like fear. In, like, without ever really showing the killer. Yes. And that's what's fucking awesome about it. Even when they show Drew Barrymore's uh, boyfriend, like, all fucked up. First of all, we don't even know his name, so obviously it doesn't matter if he gets it. But it's, like, the fact that he's just, like, uh, you know, she's like, Oh, my boyfriend's gonna come over and kick your ass! And immediately, like... He's like, turn on the light. And then the dude's already like all fucked up, like <laughs> tied to a
0: chair. Well, the other thing too is that like. Um, and when we get the reveal of our killer, it's a guy wearing a ghost face mask. Which, okay, this movie is the reason why I know the ghost face mask. But. Ghost face killer. It was also the like. Alright, if you live in the ghetto. Like, this was the easy hood costume that you mm-hmm. ever had to come up with. You would just buy yourself an all-black hoodie yep. and buy that stupid-ass ghost face mask. And guess what? Instant costume. Like, <laughs> you could go
1: fucking, like... Yeah, and people would buy it. Like, it's so crazy that 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 mask became so such, like, cultural... Like, part of our zeitgeist, <laughs> it became so iconic. It's so iconic to the point that fucking Terry Roser for the uh, who plays for the um, Boston Celtics. I don't know if he got traded. but you know when he had that season where he went off and he got the nickname Scary Terry, he had a uh, his logo became him wearing the the ghost face mask. It got so, like, popular that I think um, the Weinstein company sent him a cease and desist letter. <laughs> because it, it was like people I wish were...
0: somebody would send them a cease and desist letter. <laughs> <laughs> topical. But anyway, uh, she gets killed. The parents come home and they see that all the popcorn that she was making while she was on the phone is, like, burned up. They find her... They, like, pick up, who's they, out here burning popcorn in my house? They pick up a cordless phone... Uh, from you, another part of the house. That's how you know they're rich. <laughs> well, no. You pick up a cordless phone from the other side of the house where you could hear the, the other person who was on the phone in another room. Mm-hmm. I remember this. I remember wanting to be on the phone talking to people... Dude, that's then... how You're trying to talk to the ladies. <laughs> yeah, of course. But then, like, you would have, like, other people in your family that would, like, pick up the phone and they want to talk. And then you would know when they picked up the phone. And then, like, you'd have to, like, just stop whatever you were talking about so you could just ask them to please hang up the phone because you were already on it. Like, this is, again... 1990
1: This is 90's like Shit you had to deal with But it
0: worked But in this scene It works like Almost like a walkie talkie Right mm-hmm. Because for some reason Drew Barrymore's character Has a death grip On the phone As she's being like As her carcass as she's Is getting being dragged Stabbed <laughs> to
1: death And as she's being Dragged across And that's the craziest part Is you, right when you think She's gonna get it Like she's gonna escape She fights off Ghostface a couple times Ghostface is a Bumbling fucking Bumble butt Looks like he's fucking Falling all over the place Like an unquestioned. Coordinated bitch And then like He ends up catching her And stabbing her to death And you really think Like oh she might make it Maybe this is how she becomes the hero. I never like, did. As
0: soon as she got stabbed the first time, I knew it was over. Nah, dude. People can get stabbed like 50 times in horror movies. Nah, I knew it was over for it's her. It's called plot armor. I Show knew it up. was over for
1: her. Oh, really? You knew? I knew it. You knew when you were seven years
0: old. Yes, because I knew about Psycho when I was seven Shut years the old. fuck up. I don't believe you. I am gonna fuck if you don't believe me. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, so suck my nuts. <laughs> I hope you guys see the abuse that he puts me through. <laughs> but after we're finished with this, now we go to the scene where uh, at the school the next day there's news crews everywhere, there's police everyone, officers everywhere. Everyone is, is
1: being classy and handling the death of their death
0: of their classmate very very well. I think one of the things With. that we thought about that was, like, so sad to think about is, like, wow, remember a quaint time where, like, one of your classmates being killed would warrant you getting round-the-clock news coverage and police mm-hmm.
1: officers everywhere? Or, <laughs> or also like, people wearing the mask of the person that <laughs> killed your their classmate?
0: Whereas, like, now it's just, like, guns. It is guns all the time, and you're just gonna shoot everyone. Columbine changed everything. Dude. Columbine came, comes several years after this. So, again, this movie is almost like a time capsule for the mid 90s when this was one of the things that we would think of as like a life changing moment for everyone. Unfortunately, we don't live in that world anymore. Mm-hmm. So, it definitely does take you back a little bit. One of the reporters that you'll notice is a red haired woman who was played by Linda Blair. Yes, who that's famous right. for being in The Exorcist. She was in this movie. Um, and this is where we get introduced to all of our teenage characters. Sydney uh, Prescott, played by Nev Campbell. Uh, Randy, played by. Uh, Randy? <laughs> played by Jamie Kennedy. Holy uh, shit! Uh, I don't remember what Rose McGowan's character is. Rose McGowan's
1: name is. name is. Hold on, wait, I got this. <laughs> uh, not Gail Weathers. No, that was Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Or Kat, who went back to being Courtney Cox after she got divorced from
0: David Arquette. Still not answering my question.
1: You, you, you shut up. Matthew Lillard's in this. Matthew... Oh, fucking Shaggy's in it, bitch. Tatum Riley. <laughs> okay. Rose McGowan's character is Tatum Riley. Sure. We have Billy Loomis, who's played by Skeet
0: Ulrich. Who I swear to God is just doing like a... Uh, Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street impression that's, the entire movie.
1: That's exactly what he looks like, and
0: <laughs> like there's also that scene like I guess right before we even get to the, when they're all in school, and it's just uh, Skeet Ulrich coming into Nev Campbell's room, and they're like making out while they like. Grungy emo version of "Don't Fear the Reaper" plays in the background. <laughs>
1: and, it is so fucking hard '90s. It's so crazy.
0: Um, but and, yeah, and it looks like the main conflict that Sydney and her boyfriend have are that she doesn't want to have sex with him.
1: Babe, I just want you to have sex with me.
0: <laughs> uh, no pig, no pig. <laughs> um, so. You know, these are all, like, kind of very bland, like, teen movie characters.
1: Every single person feels like slasher fodder. Yes. Like,
0: and... It's a horror movie. It's a slasher movie for sure. But
1: not only that, it's a self-aware slasher movie, so it feels like anything that makes people a slasher film, like, victim, is played up to the fucking, like,
0: upteenth degree. This movie is so fucking melodramatic, and that's part of why I love it. Do you know? <laughs>
1: yes! This movie's great.
0: There, the drama elements of it I don't like. What, you weren't a huge fan of the side story of uh, Nev
1: Campbell's mom and getting it on with. Uh, fuck, why am I blanking on his name? Cotton Weary? Yes.
0: No. Cotton Weary is the character.
1: Yep. Yeah, but what's the guy's real name? Sabretooth. Saber tooth. <laughs> I can't
0: remember that. Leave Shriver! There we yeah, go. Yeah,
1: Remember when he was supposed to play Crispin?
0: <laughs> Yikes. Um, but no, it's like okay. I almost feel like all of this has to be. They all have to be characters, caricatures of how bad people act in horror movies. Because Nev Campbell's awful in this.
1: Well, I mean. Yes.
0: I get the impression that that they were under the assumption that this would do for her career what Halloween does for Jamie Lee Curtis. Meaning that she would become the new Scream Queen that would be on film for the next 20 years. I mean, she
1: was, but they were
0: all Scream movies. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, she was in this. She might have ended up in a couple other things. But that's not a Scream. In Party of Five... Who, Which I only watched a few episodes of In the 90s Like I don't really see her in anything Name something that she's been in That's not Scream The Craft Oh yeah that's true Wait was it? Or was that for it was about I, it might be Feruza Bulk. We're actually probably just being sexist. And, and any <laughs> as any white girl with, like, black hair is... You want to know, <laughs> know why? Because I swear to God, when I saw, like... When I saw Rose McGowan in this... I, I swear to God, for, like, a half second, I thought she was Feruza Ball.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna play a game for the next, like, month while we watch horror 90s horror movies. We're gonna be like, is that Feruza Ball? <laughs>
0: um... And Matthew Lillard, of course I know him because shaggy. And also, like, he's just in other stuff, right? Like, most recently I saw him in Twin Peaks of Return where, oh my god, he looks like a middle-aged dad now. Almost
1: nobody from this movie franchise has really aged too well. Except for David Arquette, also known as World (laughs) Heavyweight, former World (laughs) Heavyweight Champion David Arquette.
0: Also recently made a pro wrestling comeback last year, David Arquette. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: pretty good shit. I mean Courtney Cox, I think she's aged okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what Nev Campbell looks like or Feruza Bulk for them. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about Perza bulk? She's not in this.
0: <laughs> now I really want to watch the crap. <laughs> um, so you know, they're all dealing with the fallout of the death of this girl, and uh, they're all obnoxious characters. Uh, Sydney is now being targeted by this serial killer. Um, for reasons. For reasons in her home where she yeah. gets a similar phone call than, uh, than the one that uh, Drew Barrymore got the last time. Uh, yeah, she that's gets, right. She gets threatened in her home. Uh... After she wakes up from a several hour nap. I don't know. It's just weird. The movie focuses on her enough to tell you that she's the main character. hmm And they, like, set things up that they want to, like, bring up later. Like, you know, when you see her around the reporter, Gail Weathers, mm-hmm. you can tell that there's some sort of tension between them, but they don't mm-hmm. tell you what it is.
1: Well, they wait a while, right? Yeah, they like, want, like, what they want you to...
0: They want you they to... They want do. you to have sympathy for her. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't work.
1: I think you just
0: don't like Nev Campbell. I like I, I, I like Nev Campbell. I don't like Sidney Prescott. Sydney Prescott is an not obnox- or maybe, maybe she's not it's really both. obnoxious though. Maybe it's both. I think she's just not good. Well, you don't like white people. You're the real racist.
1: <laughs> no, because I honestly don't think of her as like really that obnoxious. Like she's yeah, she's definitely not chewing scenery, but she doesn't seem like that bad of a character, you know?
0: She just seems like someone who's like crying and whining the whole time. Because <laughs> yeah, she's being hunted by a killer! How the fuck do you want her to act? Not fucking like she's fucking depressed about it. Uh.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry! <laughs> handle being targeted by a serial killer. <laughs> oh my fucking
0: um, god. <laughs> no, so, alright.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've been fucking farting around.
0: <laughs> alright, so then they, like, that's when they bring up the entire side plot of this movie, which is, Sydney Prescott lives with her dad, her mother passed away a year ago.
1: No, her mother was murdered. Her
0: mother was murdered a year ago, and the idea is that Leaf Schreiber's, uh, Weary, cotton weary is the guy who raped raped and and killed her her, which is very fucking grim for a b-movie plot in 1996
1: oh wait till fucking scream three when you find (laughs) out that she was like where sydney prescott's mom was like you know fucking sexually assaulted on set in order for her to get a movie role by like a
0: producer, oh, yeah, they you they know, like, in a movie
1: produced by they, people who sexually like, assaulted girls, they,
0: they take a line in this movie where these where you know, where Matthew literally says, Your mother was no Sharon Stone, and they essentially make her like a slutty Hollywood actress by the time you reach the screen, through which makes zero sense, but know? I will. I will save that for a future podcast. For when we, we get it. to season, I mean, season <laughs>
1: Scream 3.
0: <laughs> um, so this is like, I guess, the first anniversary of the death of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, while she's at home waiting for Tatum to call her, that's when she gets the call from Ghostface. And she's attacked for the first time. Ghostface is a clumsy killer. It's fucking great. I, I do love it. it. I do love that. It does feel like something like out of a Benny Hill skit every (laughs) single (laughs) 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 time. Cue the Benny
1: Hill music and it's just her running through all these doors. They eventually run
0: into each other and he chases her back. But it's, but that's, the reason why that goofy shit works for me is that we do have a killer that not only is terrifying because he can run as opposed to walking like serial killers of the 19, of slashers of the 1980s did. Yeah. But he's so, Someone that, in his frenzy, to get up to you could probably stab you by accident several times. (laughs) He's just
1: as likely to stab himself as he is to stab you. Like, I honestly really do like that because it does add an air of unpredictability, Mm. you know? And also, like, yeah, by this point, we know what every other slasher's, like, motivation is. We don't know what Ghostface's motivation is. All we know is that he might kind of be bad at his
0: job. Okay, despite the fact that I work in IT, I don't know much about computers in the 1990s. So, apparently, at least in this movie, you could dial 911 or from you could have an open chat with 911 <laughs> when... Does she even have the internet, I wonder, at this time? But she's able to have a conversation with a 911 agent while Ghostface is frantically trying to break into her bedroom after she's, like, kind of jammed the door on him. And uh, the moment she does apparently get a hold of someone, he he walks away, right? Like, this happens everywhere. They do the trope of the killer disappears and the killer can reappear anywhere. Which is... Fine.
1: It's cool. And Michael Myers did it. Yeah. Like, it's within the realm of, like, possibilities.
0: For a slasher film. For a slasher. <laughs> like, it, it's
1: something that hasn't been, like, just randomly thrown in there.
0: Uh, the joke that. <laughs> so, this, the part of this that really makes me think of Scary Movie, which came out around mm-hmm. this time
1: also. 2000.
0: Yes. What really made me think about Scary Movie more than anything is there's a scene where. Skeet o Rich comes back or Billy Loomis comes back and uh like, you know, to see Sydney because, you know, she's like in danger. Mm-hmm. And, well or was he just coming to see her? He was coming to see her All because right. again, he wanted to get his tip he, wet. He wanted to have not sex with her or at least have some over the clothes. <laughs> he was gonna over do the some- pants action. He was gonna <laughs>
1: He was going to get one of those sweet handies over your
0: jeans. He was about to cream his Levi's. So he comes in, and when he gets in through the window of her house... The phone falls out of this. Oh! Where the fuck does the phone come from? But the part of this that makes me really laugh is they do this gag. It's scary movie where the boyfriend comes in through the window and a phone falls and then gloves and a knife and a mask.
1: And that's exactly what you think. You're like, this is suspicious as fuck. And it's like the phone in the voice modulator. No, like it, there's something else that falls out of his no, pocket. No, it's just the phone. It's just the
0: phone. Yeah, scary movie is the one where everything else falls out. Oh no, I
1: thought in I thought in scream <laughs> the voice modulator comes out too, but it's just the phone. And then she's like, oh no, I got that because I was trying to call the you. Voice she,
0: modulators. I thought those existed. I don't think those are real. That is not a real device that exists in the world. Shut world. up! Really? Well, not like that. Not one that'll give you such a clear. That'll give different you some voice. different man's voice. <laughs> it, nah, it just makes you sound like Batman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he ends. <laughs> Why did you say that name?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he. After that, she gets super suspicious of him. And she runs away just as the cops show up Cop.
0: I don't think he's the killer when I watch this for the first time Because it's almost too obvious Yeah,
1: you think, wow, that would be super stupid for him to be the killer at this point <laughs> So he ends up getting arrested Oh, which, the
0: scene that makes us just crack the fuck up <laughs> when, she, when she's, like, going to the front door And the moment she opens the front door There is uh, David Arquette's character uh, Is it, what is it? dewey 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 dewey, dewey, dewey is, cox uh, dewey, where dewey <laughs> is holding the uh the scream at against the door and then she screams and then he screams <laughs>
1: <laughs> mind you he's holding
0: his gun while he's screaming so i was like please don't shoot her
1: <laughs> dewey riley that's his name
0: now and apparently dewey is tatum's brother so uh, you know he's someone who's I guess a little bit older than he's like well, twenty five. <laughs> I mean, in real life, he looks like he's the same age as everyone else in this cast. Everyone looks like they're thirty, in but this for the show. sake of the story, he is a slightly older uh, kid who they you know who everyone around town knows.
1: Yeah, like it's super weird because they're it's they're like he's a deputy, right? Yeah, and it feels like Woodsboro is supposed to be this town that no one ever really leaves. Like you kind of grow up there and you live there. But it's super weird because,
0: like, it's, I don't know, like, realistically... Wouldn't you have gone to the police academy and be working in a big metropolitan city? Yeah, you know,
1: but yeah, it's whatever. Uh, yeah, it's a movie and I'm not going to think movie, about it too yeah. hard. <laughs> and I'm going to play a game. Anytime I watch a 90s movie, I'm going to think, could Brendan Fraser have done it better? Why? Because I love Brendan Fraser. Shut up. <laughs> and the que- And the real answer is, why isn't Brendan Fraser in this movie?
0: <laughs> so Billy gets arrested at this point. And uh, Sydney ends up spending the night with Tatum, and I. So at this point, you this know. is
1: when it's a circus outside the sheriff's department. Yes, and N- Nev Campbell's like, and uh, well, I'm, I keep calling her Nev, but Sydney and uh, Tatum are are ta- getting taken home by Dewey, right? And then uh, that's when she gets confronted by Gail Weathers, and then she was like, "Oh yeah, how's the book going?" And this one, you're like, oh, something's going on between Oh, there's a book? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, they're talking a little shit. And then she, and then I forget what, uh, what, like, Gail says to her. But fucking Sydney just cold cocks her. <laughs> just, yes. like, almost knocks her out.
0: You just served her a two-piece
1: combo. She did. Bah, bah. <laughs> and then she gets, uh, like, going home. And then, like, Tatum the whole time is, like. Gushing over the fact that she got punched. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, cool!" You didn't get arrested for that. (laughs) But then, and I remember you pointed out when we first started watching the movie, Rose McGowan's supposed to be like late twenties. She's
0: like in pigtails and like. (laughs) Okay, so the '90s movies, particularly, I don't know if movies will still do this. They, but I remember stuff like this. I remember like bringing on with uh, Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. and they like they yeah they infantilize and, yeah like, whatever the word women is. yeah in this by like giving these adult women playing teenagers like pigtails and then putting stuffed animals all over their bed and I'm just like wait a minute like I grew up with a sister like. Who the fuck still has stuffed animals on their bed, like, at mm, t- fucking teenage years? Not only
1: that, who <laughs> plays with stuffed animals right before they go to bed? Like, it was super fucking weird. Not me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Shakes Batman plushie. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, my Bus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but while she's over at Tatum's house, she gets another phone call from the killer. Which leads the audience to believe that Billy cannot be the killer because Billy's in jail. So it's like, is there another killer or just somebody else, right?
1: So at this point, they do a Did real... you
0: ever think that there was two killers oh, in fuck this no. movie? Maybe I just thought I. they had
1: the wrong person.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And again, this is one of those things that can only work once. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you know, like and thankfully, like in every other Scream movie, they kind of don't... They don't try to do, like... Actually... No, that's yeah. the thing.
1: They do do it multiple times. Yeah. Scream 4 does it, where there's two quote-unquote
0: killers. I think Scream 2 did it. I don't remember Scream 3, but... I've No, Scream 2 does it. Scream, Scream 3 retcons Scream 1. And I'll, that's all I'll say about and that. And it makes three killers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Scream 3 retcons it into that there was another person who was also helping Stu and Billy with this. So... Stu but, and Billy are the killers, obviously. Anybody who's watched this movie, like, it's almost like horror homework. Yeah, like... Everyone's that, had to have seen it by now, so and I'm that's not, like I'm not gi- spoiling anything. So
1: that's the giant twist in the movie, right, is that there's two killers in the entire time. You're expecting it, you're, you're expecting it to be traditional, that there's one person, one motivation, right? In the... I don't know if I should wait for the end to talk about their motivations, but...
0: Yeah, we'll we'll go into it a little later, but the next day at school, when everyone comes back into school... Uh, All the kids are... This is where all the fucking psycho white kids are, like, wearing (laughs) ghost face masks. Man,
1: you really hate white people. You're a real racist, man. So this is where all
0: the psycho kids are now wearing, like, masks and chasing each other around the hallway.
1: Edgelords, man. No matter what (laughs) fucking era we're in, they're pieces of shit.
0: One of of the underrated love characters that I have in this movie is... Principal. Principal Embry, played by the great Henry Winkler, who is, like... A fucking psychopath
1: <laughs> dude he's a fucking psycho in this you movie dude he two
0: kids that are wearing the ghost face outfit and, and they're like chasing that. they're chasing sydney around the school and shit and then like but pull- the best part is that when they end up in his office he pulls out a gigantic pair of scissors points it at him and every single time he points them at him they make this like knife swish sound it's like fucking shears, like the old timey shears that you stab things with. And apparently, these are so thick that he's able to use these steel scissors to cut that mask in half. <laughs> and
1: then he goes, he goes, what was it that he says? Where he's like, "I should have you expelled." And then the kids are like, "What? Why are we getting expelled?" And then he goes, "You're right." And then he goes, "I'm overreacting." No, he actually. Tells then he goes,
0: "Maybe you should die." <laughs> yeah,
1: and that was like. He actually,
0: like, threatens their lives.
1: (laughs) He, like, threatens to kill these kids. And I'm just like, man, if I had a principal like that, (laughs) I'd be, like, I would totally, like, sue him already. And he gets killed next.
0: Yeah, he's the very next, uh, he's the very next, uh, victim. And the funny part about this is that there is a scene where he's looking outside of his office, everything is empty, he's all alone. So he like essentially suspends school, right? Yeah. Like because of all the murders that have happened and there's a curfew in effect in the town of Woodsboro now. Mm-hmm. So he says, Everybody get out of here, go home. People leave. School. In effect until he's night. there alone for some reason. And then when he is like walking through the hallway, that's where he, where he, uh, they do the fake out jump scare, where all the the only person that was there was not the killer, but the janitor. Yeah, yeah. Who is named Freddie and is wearing a striped sweater and is actually played <laughs> by Wes Craven. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, then he's the one who gets killed. You know.
1: You know, what my favorite part is about how he dies. <laughs> Is that the way the door is set up in the room, it leaves very little room for Ghostface. Because Ghostface comes from behind the door, right? Mm -hmm. But you see that Ghostface's arms are up. (laughs) Which means he's standing at like an eye formation. (laughs) So he's standing like this until they open the until the principal closes the door because you see him bring his hands down. And it looks so stupid when he finally like starts moving again. Cause I was like, wait, so he was standing there like that for like 10, 20 minutes?
0: So he, you know, he's murdered.
1: But we're also skipping the part. So the real reason why Prince the principal shuts down the school for the day is uh, Ghostface attacks Sydney again That's true yes in the middle of the day because
0: at this point interesting detail also when you see Ghostface in the bathroom, Ghostface is wearing the same boots that you see some of the police officers wearing mm-hmm. So you almost start to think that Dewey could be the killer mm-hmm. in that so, so they, they throw they throw crumbs out there yeah. for you I think what they do really well
1: in the scream franchise is that even though it follows a big three characters, it it does a really good job making you wonder who else who's gonna be Ghostface this time, right? Uh, and that's what yeah you're right. Like you really do start questioning like because they focus on the boots and then they focus on his uh on the on his cloak coming down, right? But at this point the entire school's kind of turned on Sydney. You know you have that scene where the girls are just being total bitches and like talking shit about her in the bathroom <laughs> because uh, honestly high school is the real killing field. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> oh my god, please stop. Oh wait, actually that's super fucked up now that I think about it. <laughs> but yeah, like so after that, that's when he attacks her or he tries to attack her, she ends up getting scared, right? Um so yeah, it's
0: you know, the the kids are
1: out and it's time
0: it's part of time. This movie
1: goes... this movie.
0: This it moves quick. Breezes by yeah. very quickly. It's not very long, which is why it was so easy to watch it for this like podcast. And I appreciated having to watch it as opposed to watching these long Star Wars movies oh that we've been God, watching dude. lately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, once we uh, but we
1: get to one of my favorite scenes is in the movie in the movie store in the blockbuster, right? Yes. So Jamie Kennedy starts. Uh, talking about because at this point everyone thinks Billy has been the one that's in harassing uh or they think he's the killer. They think he killed Drew Barrymore's character. And so we have that kind of that confrontation between uh between uh Jamie Kennedy's character. I forget what his name is. With the with Randy. Randy there we go. So he so you got Randy confronting the 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 two two friends. I think it, his name is Stu is uh Stu is uh Shaggy's Shaggy Dude, whatever his name is. Uh Matthew Lillard. So yeah, it's like uh Stu and Billy are confronting like they're confronting Randy and Randy has like this whole idea about how how Billy's the killer and how nobody can really trust him and stuff, and it's like and he's talking about actually how uh he kind of reveals that he has a thing for uh, Sydney. And that he's like, and he they make that joke. Oh, you really think you got a chance? Or you really think I got a chance with her? And um, yeah, it's just a really tense scene. And up until this point, neither of these guys are revealed to the killer. There's nothing telling you that these guys are the killer. But it's such a like confrontational scene. You can't help but feel like on edge for Randy. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you find out why, right? But yeah, so Stu ends up throwing a party at his house, invites everybody, and fuck, dude, nineties parties are fucking weird. <laughs> it's like that, like no one's dancing, but there's music
0: and everyone's like watching TV. Yeah, people are watching horror movies. I've been to plenty of parties that are like this, so I'm not gonna say it's that weird. Like, it's I've weird been, to me. To me, I've been to plenty of house parties that are not filled with people dancing. In fact. In real life, it's actually weirder for me when I go to a house party and people are dancing.
1: Well, I think maybe it's because most of my experience with house parties were in college. Then,
0: (laughs) those fucking parties got crazy, Doc. Oh, yeah. Well, you fucking... Yeah, you had crazy... The college parties, college boy. (laughs) I had weird adult parties where we all just sit around having awkward conversations and watching The Dark Knight at three in the morning. So, do
1: you like stuff? Get the fuck out
0: of nerd parties where
1: you going Yeah, to what do? the fuck? Sorry, I was too busy crushing puss. Oh, yeah. You're
0: disgusting.
1: Yeah, you're right. I am. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's like this weird-ass party, but everyone starts drinking. And then uh, Tatum has to go into the garage... To go get um, To go get beer. more more beer What am I the beer wench Apparently she is the beer wench And that's when we got that shot Of Rose McGowan Like high beaming the shit out of everyone <laughs>
0: Listen. The only reason why I know this, why why I paid attention to it, was because you brought it up. Because otherwise, nipples were showing. Half because the time. Otherwise, I'm a good Christian boy, and yeah. I don't, <laughs> and I don't look at these filthy things. Well,
1: I'm not. I'm a disgusting pervert. <laughs> so if I'm gonna see some fucking nipples poking out, I'm gonna point them out.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, it, what's great is I think when I posted that meme of. <laughs> Of being excited for Halloween and it's like Rose McGowan like high beaming through her shirt. My sister was like, Great, all I can, sit, not all I can focus on now is Rose McGowan's nipples.
0: <laughs> so
1: she comes through, picks up the beer, she's confronted by Ghostface, who she assumes is like one of the party
0: goers. I think she assumes it's Stu. Well, because this movie already set up that it's a costume that's easy for everyone to get. Everyone gets it. And yeah. Everyone was using it at school anyway. And right? she
1: was, and you know, she makes that joke where she's like, "Oh, do you want me to? Am I your victim?" Well, before and that, like, she
0: goes, "Sydney, better not catch you that because she's gonna fucking kill you or something." Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's, it's definitely like you know, she doesn't take it seriously.
1: Also, foreshadowing. Yes. But um, yeah, she doesn't take it serious. She assumes it's her boyfriend, you know. Like she starts being playful and flirty until he like slashes at her and cuts her cuts her arm open, right? And that's where everything gets real. She throws the beer, And he like lunges at her, and misses, <laughs> and she just starts grabbing the beer bottle, and starts chucking it at her. <laughs> she like throws a bottle of beer, like it breaks on his nuts. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. And you know she looks like she's fight. She's fighting. Uh, she's fighting Ghostface off, and you think she's gonna make it. She tries to die through the doggy door. <laughs> Doesn't actually make it, which is connected to the garage door. And I remember this scene stuck with a lot of people. Where so since she's kind of stuck, like half in half out, her neck is mostly like on the. Uh, through the doggy door, Mm -hmm. Ghostface just hits the button, door raises, and it like snaps her neck while as the garage door raises and she's just kind of like guillotined there.
0: Yes. And I remember so many people would be like, oh, that part really freaked me out. Yeah, this is the part of the movie that before having seen it when it came out on video, this is the part I knew about and that everyone at school was talking about. (laughs) That she
1: was just hanging from the fucking garage Garage door. door. Yeah.
0: And I was just like... Man, y'all some bitches. <laughs> well, no. When I like heard about this, I it's funny. The worst, I think, what didn't help is that I heard about this scene before I saw it. Mm-hmm. So what I pictured in my mind was actually a lot more horrifying. Than it the always movie is like you. that, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and it, it, you know, they find out. So the party goes on. No one even recognizes that Tatum's gone, and then. um... You know, there's a certain point where everyone's getting drunk. Yes. And they're watching, uh, I believe they're watching Halloween. Halloween. And this is where Randy goes on and he explains the rules. And he talks about the rules of a horror movie. Meanwhile, Billy is sweet talking. Should we go over what the rules of a horror movie are? Oh yeah, we should. But I just want to say, like, during this time, because Sydney isn't here. uh, Sydney and Billy actually go upstairs to... uh, Finally, uh, bump some ugly. (laughs) Because apparently, um, they have that lovely written exchange where. (laughs) <laughs> where Sydney's like, Why does my life have to be a horror movie? Why can't it be a romance? And then she starts kissing and she goes, Or at least a really good porno <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Philly's like, What? And then she's like, Yeah, I'm ready and she like takes her clothes off. That was
0: the again, that is a scene where I was just like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> it, it felt like it was no, a hey, scene okay, from okay, the room. I man. think part of why I can't buy any of this is because Billy is fucking t- like he 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 talks like a psychopath. He does. All he talked about is horror movies.
1: Yeah, and he's just like, made everyone's a fucking horror nerd in this movie. Yeah.
0: And it just, it's so he, like, will talk about, like, oh, you know, I, like, even in the beginning when he sees her, oh, I came over here because I was watching the TV version of The Exorcist. And I was like, this is so bizarre. Like, why would you say that to your girlfriend? It's like, such a weird drop. Thing. Like, and, and yeah, it's like, yes, it's a porno. Like, what the fuck who is Who talks this? like this? Nobody talks like this. This is just something that, like, older guys wrote in a script and they want you to believe is exactly the way that. This is
1: definitely how look. old white guys think teenagers <laughs> talk. So meanwhile Randy and the rest of the crew are watching the horror movies And we get to the lovely explanation Of the ho- of the rules of what not to do In a horror movie Yeah, rule number
0: one Sex equals death <gasps> Which everyone boos inside the party <laughs> Everyone gets so fucking mad The second rule Is uh, don't drink or do drugs Which people Boo even harder. <laughs> And then the third one is never, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. And I love that as he says that, Stu is like, oh,
1: I'm just gonna get more beer. I'll be right back! And then just starts, like, maniacally laughing. And all
0: the other kids.
1: So it's at this point that someone calls... Someone calls the house. Yes. For some (laughs) fucking reason... Someone calls the house. I'm assuming it's supposed to be the police.
0: And instead of Stu answering it because it's his house. It's Randy, Randy because he's the, the closest
1: <laughs> and they without asking who this is, whoever it is tells <laughs> tells Randy that the principal has been found dead. And is hanging from
0: a goalpost on the football field. <laughs>
1: To which everyone responds, "Fuck yeah, dude! (laughs) Let's go before they take it down." (laughs) So all the fucking high school kids go running out of the house and like all hop in their cars, drunk out of their fucking minds. Which
0: I guess we should, while we're talking about this, we should bring back Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers, who we haven't haven't really really talked talked about about at all. Yeah. it turns out that the reason why her and Sydney don't get along is because she was the person who posited the theory that Cotton Weary may be innocent of Sydney's mother's death. Mm-hmm. And Sydney, like, that is why Sydney hates her and socked her in the face. She's pretty <laughs> much saying that
1: her testimony was unreliable. Yes. Because she was still a
0: kid. Well, while she was. Well, no, because it was just a year before this. She's still a kid. <laughs> But the point of it is that she, you know, she is, in her conviction, she is like, you know, she's, she's like, this is what he told me. His story has never changed. Mm-hmm. And she's introduced to the character that's highly unlikable. But you do kind of, like, not dislike her as much as the movie goes on. Yeah,
1: because what you start realizing is that she's one of those that she's, like, essentially she's paid to be a tabloid reporter. But she really wants to be like an actual reporter, you yes. know? Like, she wants to be like. She talks
0: about how she wants to win a Pulitzer. Yeah, she talks about <laughs> how she
1: wants to be a Pulitzer winner. Like, she's like, talks about how she wants to be the next Diane Sawyer, right? And so, in the 90s, was really big,
0: apparently. Yes, nobody would want to be Diane Sawyer anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> is she dead? <laughs> no, it's just like, we just don't, nobody watches news like that. Oh, yeah. People consume news, like, over the internet now. Fuck yeah, tell me in (laughs) 140
1: characters or less, baby! (laughs) But yeah, like, she wants to be this huge, like... She wants to be an actual reporter that's taken serious. And she feels that the Cotton Weary story
0: is, as an investigative journalist, if she can crack that open... While I say that, she also does some weird underhanded stuff. Which one of them being that she essentially kind of lures... Dewey, who's stupid and horny for her.
1: You know who would be great in a stupid and horny role? Brendan Fraser.
0: (laughs) So he, you know, she, she like kind of just, you know, plays the I want to be around you and Mm -hmm. let's just walk together. And And they do
1: that weird thing in the school, right, where she's like, "Oh, you're a little young to be a cop." And then he's like, I'm 25, ma'am. And then she goes, oh, I pulled great in the 18 to 24 demographic. He's so fucking goofy and awkward and stupid that he goes, well, I was 24 for a whole year. (laughs) And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Dewey.
0: (laughs) But, you know, Dewey obviously had the thing for her. And she does, like, she and her camera guy are, like... Just oh, you watching. mean that
1: fat tub of Lord ass? <laughs> Shoot, you mean the guy that's just, like, her emotional
0: punching bag? <laughs> and he's just, like, spying on these kids, like, through this camera now.
1: Yeah, like, it's like she's definitely not afraid of doing underhanded things to get to the truth, right? Um, but yeah, like you said, she definitely doesn't come off as such an annoying,
0: like, unlikable character. And I think that part's really cool. Yes. But, um, you know, we get to the point in this party where Randy's completely by himself, and the camera guy is watching, you know, the camera guy is just kind of watching him at the party, and there's like, I guess, a, they, they do the gag where it's a 30 second delay. hmm And while this party is happening, Sydney and, you know, after Sydney and Billy are done having sex, uh, the killer shows up again. hmm The killer kills old... Billy.
1: That's right. He, the killer attacks Billy...
0: Even but he faces away from Sydney when he gets quote unquote yes.
1: stabbed.
0: Yes, and, and Sydney runs out and they do the whole chase. They do the entire chase. Somehow she ends up at the at the van where the you know the guy who's watching the kids is at. Mm-hmm. You know the camera guy, and she goes in the camera guy's van while the camera guy gets murdered by Ghostface. They do the thing where Ghostface chases her out of that van, and while you know, while, when she goes, there's in a whole the, lot of chasing yeah. Sydney. Like while she's in there with the cameraman, she watches Randy die. Well, yep. not Randy die, but like she watches Randy be in trouble because the killer is right behind him. Mm-hmm. But that's when the killer like turns away, and the 30 second delay is was like, oh no, well he's here now. It
1: reveals that he's at yeah. the van the whole so, time.
0: So it's you know, it's just stuff like that. It, it's really good gags. I love the ending of this movie. I think they do a lot of, it's, all they do is set traps. It's nothing but setting traps for the audience and it's for the main It's a character. huge cat and mouse game. Just
1: as much between the characters as it is with the audience. And yeah,
0: the... and that's the thing. Like, this is very much Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Except, if you watch Halloween, because of the low budget and because it was the first movie to do this, the confrontation between Michael and Laurie is relatively short. Yeah. There's not much that happens in between it. This one just kind of takes that concept and stretches it out a little bit longer and Mm -hmm. plays different games with it, which is what I like.
1: You have a lot of ebbs and flows where it's like a bunch of action will happen. There's a lull, action, lull, and then you know, then they have some stuff to play with, right? So while I
0: say that I don't like Nev Campbell as an actor as an actress in this movie, um. I am definitely someone who is enjoying her as the final girl in this movie.
1: So, yeah, like, so Sydney, pretty decent final girl. Um, Gail's coming into her own. Dewey, goofy as shit. I mean, get used to these characters. They're going to be the ones that we're going to be following for the next... <sighs> 13 years and three more movie installments? Yeah.
0: But <laughs> well, once we get back inside the house with Sydney, that's when we get the reveal, essentially, right? Well,
1: yeah, because you have that awesome part where Randy. Randy, you know, it's we find Randy out Randy, and Stu. Randy, and Stu are outside, and yeah. they're like yelling at one another after Ghostface had been chasing uh, Sydney this entire time. And both of them
0: are asking Sydney to give them the gun that she has in her hand. Oh well, that's what happened: yeah. is that
1: Dewey got stabbed by Ghostface, yeah. and she ends up grabbing his gun, and then she holds them both at gunpoint. And everyone's like, "No, shoot him! Shoot him!" And eventually, <laughs> yeah. Sydney's like, "Fuck both of you." Just slams the door. the door shut. Yeah. And so, at this point, I forget exactly how it happens, but she gets jumped, right? And at this point, like you were saying, the reveal happens.
0: Yes, because we- then you get the part where uh, Randy is in, uh, where Randy like comes inside the house. Stu has supposedly disappeared, and it's just Sydney... Uh, Randy and Billy that are in there together, and you know, I think Randy says something about it being crazy out there, or or Stu is really crazy, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Loomis, that's when Billy Loomis turned around and gives him the classic Norman Bates line that's you know, we right, all go a little crazy sometimes, and he shoots him.
1: Man, what is it with Loomises and shooting people? <laughs>
0: Well, obviously the name Billy Loomis is a reference to Donald, to Donald Pleasence's character. You are about to say Donald Loomis, weren't you?
1: <laughs> Loomis, Loomis. So Dr. Loomis ends up... I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Loomis kills Randy, holds, uh, holds Sydney at gunpoint, and here's the big reveal. It's been Stu and it's been Billy this whole time. Yes. And they were both acting together, and that's why there was always able to... If a killer was attacking, you know one of them could always be yes. involved without questioning like you know it, it created doubt and I thought that was so freaking crazy yeah. Or oh, th- well, that
0: and then and then on top of the fact that they caused the, that they did the killing the night before mm-hmm. and that they were the ones that were killing all these people, they were also the ones that revealed themselves to be the killers of Sydney's mother. And the reason why Billy does it is because apparently Sidney's mother was having an affair with Billy's father. Who Sidney makes like... They they make a few references throughout the movie that his parents were divorced. And Billy basically reveals that the reason why they were divorced was because of the affair.
1: When my mom (laughs) left me. Pussy. (laughs) And... Yeah, that's when they start talking about it, right? They start talking about motivation. To I think what Stu, oh, I think yeah. it's Stu that says I don't the, need a motivation. It's the Millennium. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? But that you know, taking back what Randy talked about earlier when they were in the movie in the movie store at. Right? So their whole plan is to make it seem like uh, Neil Campbell, um, Sydney's father. To, oh no! Wait, is it Campbell? No, Neil Pres- Prescott. Neil Prescott. Neil Prescott went crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So they make Neil Prescott go crazy, and then he killed all these kids on the anniversary of his wife's murder and ends up killing him his daughter and himself. That's the plan, right yep,
0: which is what the police already assumes anyway,
1: yeah, and because they've been trying to find Neil for the past two nights and
0: his car is found like near where Stu's house is he's not
1: staying at the hotel he said he was gonna be at, so already he's you know creating a lot of uh What's it called? Um, you know, he's he's cat like he. It's incriminating. Yes. So, you know, before that can happen, or before they can do anything to to Neil and uh, Sydney, we have Gail Weathers come back and be the hero, the big damn hero of the story where she has a
0: gun. <laughs> I do like the scene where, like, Billy and Stu are, like, just stabbing each other. Oh, yeah, because they had to make it look like they were attacked, too. So they're just like, no, now it's my turn, Yeah, Stu stabs Billy one time, and then Billy just stabs Stu a shit ton of times. Proving that he's the one who out Stu and then Stu is just like
1: Who's he I'm dying, man. Why you gotta stab me so hard? Really,
0: I think I'm dying, man.
1: <laughs> the best part is Matthew Lillard is so
0: underrated. It's really great I love this ending because then there's one point where both of them are just like talking to each other and stabbing each other and talk and like arguing with each other. And they turn around and Sydney's the one who's now gone. Yep. And and Sydney calls Stu, and Stu picks up the phone and she uses the voice changer to, like, you know, just swear back at them. And basically, it's her payback to both of them for what they've put her through. The big ass like, revenge scene. And then she, like, tells them that she's called the police and the police are already on their way. And then the, my favorite <laughs> part is when Stu goes, Did you really call the police? And then she's like, my will go kill <laughs> me. And he goes, home. My mom and dad are gonna be so mad! <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking goofy! Yeah. It's, oh, again, my it's, God. Like, it's a movie that, that, like, you know, it has horror elements to it, but part of what has just made it so good is the comedy elements.
1: Oh, totally. It's not afraid to be funny. And it's, I think that's what I started appreciating in horror movies, right? Horror movies not being afraid to have like a bit of comedy to go with it. It's
0: a Tarantino scene. Totally. It is. It's, it is a scene where you're watching kind of something grim happen, but there's also a lot of like comedic elements to it. You're
1: not going to die. I say the fucking words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking, oh, that's one of my
1: favorite parts in Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> and then, um, so finally, uh, Sydney gets her revenge. She stabs Billy in the fucking chest with the umbrella, right? Oh, no, wait, no. Is it Billy she stabs? Or is it... Yeah, uh it's Billy.
0: I'm pretty sure it's Billy.
1: What'd she do to Stu? Oh, Stu she like... fucking throws the TV on him! <laughs> yeah. She throws okay. the
0: TV on Stu. Stu gets electrocuted. <laughs> I've
1: never thrown a TV at
0: somebody. These are old TVs, by the way. These the are old... CRT the, monitors. The, the old list.
1: fucking TVs that, like... Fucking weighed 50 pounds in that, like, were furniture essentially. <laughs> so she ends up chucking that and smashes them and electrocutes them. I didn't even know that could fucking happen.
0: Billy gets shot by Gail. He comes back a couple, like, he comes back once or twice because they do the horror movie thing where he has to come back. Which I
1: think she points out too.
0: I think, uh, Randy Sydney does. Oh, Randy mm-hmm. does. That's right. But, you know, it, it's, again, it's a really it's a really satisfying ending in mm-hmm. terms of you know, like you get the characters that you wanted to come out on top on top. Mm-hmm. Dewey's still alive, Gail's still alive, Randy's still alive. Yep. Um and, I mean, that's, it, it's kind of quick, like, how it all ends. Yeah, like, and the movie, it's, it's a even, nice, satisfying ending, like. Like, we don't even really get to see the next day or anything like that, like, I think it pretty much ends at that party. It ends, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, and,
1: apparently, I heard that, that party scene alone is, like, 42 minutes, and yeah. it took them, like, three weeks to fucking film that, in, like, the entirety of the party. I'm just like, holy fuck. I think the joke was that they called it the party that would never end.
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny because, like, yeah, again, like, one of my favorite 90s movies, Can't Hardly Wait, is all party. Like, the entire movie is the party on the last night of school, so... I, I don't mind movies that have these, like, long party scenes in them. Uh... I think really the best thing to ask at this point is uh, what did you think of Scream?
1: I really liked it. I thought it was a I thought it was a fun movie. It's a good I mean, it's a good horror movie. It has a lot of mystery elements. Um It yeah, it redefines it redefined the genre. It made horror cool again. And what it made it was it made it super meta. Yeah. It was a movie that was just as much a horror movie as it was commentary on horror movies. And That can get really annoying for some folks. Um, One of my favorite horror movies is fucking uh, Cabin in the Woods uh, by Joss Whedon. Also another very meta movie. created. I mean, this is the thing. This movie created the the subgenre. Of of meta horror movies, right? At a certain point when it gets a little ham-fisted
0: and it gets a little annoying. I think the mid to late 2000s, we had enough of that. And then that's when the horror craze started to die off again. And it really wasn't until the mid twenty tens when like movies like It follows and some of these other uh, and then the
1: scarables started coming. Well, out. Well,
0: like yeah, like the new the new indie horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like the it just, what do they call them, like, mumble gore or some shit like that? I, there's a lot of different words that I've heard yeah. for it. I've heard Hipster ele- horror movies. I've heard elevated horror, I've heard indie horror, festival horror, like, just all sorts of stuff, right? Like, it is, it's prestige, like, prestige horror I've heard, too. like it, it's Horror just, made by guys that wear flannel shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's gone up into a new level at this point, and and i appreciate that but it's good to have like a time capsule for 1996 <laughs> you yep. know and just where we were uh, as like you know in pop culture and stuff like that and I, you know i'll say i do like scream i do like scream mm-hmm. i say i'm not as crazy about it as i used to be when i was younger i'm not as crazy about some of the characters they used to be but i do think it's an important movie and it occupies a great space in the history of horror films. It's an
1: influential movie. How many fucking people won't go out and buy Ghostface like costumes to this day, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a fucking series on MTV, which I actually watched. I've watched the Scream television series. Are
0: there any connections between the television series and the movies?
1: Not a damn one.
0: Okay.
1: Aside from Ghostface itself... And it's super weird, because the first two seasons don't actually show you... The ghost face mask.
0: Right, it just looks like a... It, it looks, looks like, like a weird, a, melted, like, gas mask. It looked like a baby with white face. It, <laughs> it looks super
1: stupid. I Man. was like, this is, this is bullshit. But the third season, just watched it. It was really interesting. Uh, huge departure, because I think the first two seasons are kind of... Essentially in Woodsboro. It's like a... I forgot what, it, what it's called, but... I think it takes place in, like, Woodsboro, but it's a completely new cast, new new group of kids, updated, witty teenagers. And then the third season, so the first two seasons are connected, third season actually takes place in a completely different town. Okay. Um, whole new cast. Uh, like, Kiki Palmer's in it, the kid that played uh, the Blue Ranger in the new Power Rangers reboot yeah. is in it. He's, like, one of the main characters. Like, it's a whole new cast, a lot of kids of color. Um, tackle social issues, so it's some SJW bullshit. <laughs> nice. No, but it's like it's a lot more interesting. Like it, it, it was weird. Like I, I was talking to a friend about Do you get
0: Ghostface Mask? You actually get Ghostface nice. Mask. And also the season I want to watch. And
1: I was telling my friends, it's the one that it's the season that has the best actors in the shittiest script, if uh. that makes any sense. That's the only well, problem. I, I, I do know it. that
0: season one. There was at least one episode that was directed by Ty West, which mm-hmm. is why I watched a lot of season one.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, season one isn't bad, it's just... No, um, it just, it starts off really strong
0: and then it just it, it tapers, peters off at the I end. I mean,
1: the thing is, it's like, it's really hard to do a, a slasher long game, you know? I
0: think so too. I think it's just, it's not really a genre that lends itself to a series format. Oh me. yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this episode. We appreciate uh, the request to have us do this movie and it's nice to do something that's not Star Wars for a while uh, yeah
1: we're not doing Star Wars for the month of October we got one more week in September I believe so we're probably going to be doing another horror movie uh, so go ahead send us whatever you guys think we should do uh, Angel and I have some things in the in the back of our minds that we want to do but of
0: course we you know this is just as much your show as it is our show let us know what you guys want and please continue to interact with us on our IG page uh, send us put uh, put reviews for us on iTunes or wherever it's possible to review the show, and uh, you know we'll we'll look forward to talking to you guys on the next episode. So I'm Angel, and I'm Javi.
1: Woo! <laughs> goodbye, turds. <laughs> <laughs>